0: Welcome to the digital age, where everyone is glued to their smartphones and computers. In order to adapt to the changing technologies, our minds need to think fast. Our attention span has decreased, but technology has reshaped our mind in a negative way, limiting our capabilities. We wake up every morning with the help of an alarm clock or our smartphones. The first thing we usually do after we wake up is check our emails or text messages. We go through our morning routine, which usually involves some kind of uh, technology to cook breakfast, to get through the morning just to be able to walk out the door and get ready to go to work from the time we wake up till the time we go back to sleep there may not be a single moment in our day where there is not technology involved it has become an integral part of our life with which living in the present world is unimaginable in the past we might have seen people reading books from hard copies or you know sitting down actually having a conversation now we see them reading from a kindle and staring at each other there's not really a conversation being had they stare at their phones and they don't interact with each other the way that they used to. After saying all that, guys, what are you guys' initial thoughts of, can you guys list what you think might be some pros or cons of technology? Just in general, not, not related to necessarily any particular part, but just like society as a whole. Do you think, what, what are the pros, the big, the big pros and the big cons of technology?
1: Yeah. So the biggest pro of technology that I always think about is I think about people who live with disabilities and how much the internet and really these, the internet of things is what people call them like smart home stuff, like thermostats and you're know, literally like smart outlets and like you can connect your, um, refrigerator, your oven and all this stuff to the internet. It's helped these people with disabilities live more independent lives because now they can operate a lot of things in their houses. Whereas before they made a needed assistance from like a nurse or something like that. And so I think one of the positive things is, is we're you being able to use technology to um, allow these people to live with more freedom and more independence, which is great. Um, But then the con side of that is we're automating everything and we're becoming more lazy. So people who may not need these technologies are using them just because it makes their life a little bit more convenient, which is sometimes okay. But I think, I don't know, I think there's a big laziness um, aspect to this.
2: I see where Eric was going with that, and my mind i think that um, the way technology has advanced the medical field is huge. And in specific, what I was thinking of when I was thinking of that is: um, Have you guys seen the new glasses where there are colorblind glasses, and you can people who are colorblind who've never seen color before can put on these glasses, and bam, there are all the colors right there for for them. It's like, and that's that's a game changer for them. Um, from seeing black and white to color. And so there's just so much, there's such a wide variety of things that we can do with technology. Um, Even uh, the newest, one of the newer things I've seen is the AT&T smart helmets. Have you guys seen those? Um, They are helmets for football players who are hearing impaired. So instead of hearing the play calls from the coach or whatever it may be, they'll actually get the visual They'll be able to read inside of their helmet what the play call is, so that they don't have to hear the uh, coach or whoever's calling out the play. The quarterback, they don't have to hear them call out the play. They can just boom, it's right there, and they can read it. So they, it's just, I think that is really good, um, but it's also kind of scary with how much it can take over our world.
1: Yeah, there's so much potential for good there, 100%. Um, but there's always potential for bad, too, you know? Yeah, so I, I would say my, my takeaway from her, like, initial thought is technology isn't bad in and of itself. It's how it's used.
0: Yeah, and then I kind of anticipated that's kind of the generic answers. Not generic, but that's kind of the answers that everybody would kind of go to, the, you know, the, the technology of, of being able to help people and do all those things, um, which is great. but I found some articles that back me up on this as well, but I think that there's like a, a tech addiction. I think is what I'm going to call it. I guess. So I have a question for anybody who wants to answer this: What would your reaction be if you were asked to live a day without the internet, or if you wake up in the morning and find out that your phone has stopped working for some reason? What would your initial reaction be?
1: My okay, I'll let me tag the phone one. My initial reaction if my phone didn't work, I'd go, "Ah crap, my phone's broken. I don't need to buy a new one." Um, but then your first scenario, like living a day without technology, it's not, I I could do it. It's not hard. Like, you know, I don't think I'm that addicted to it to where I have to have it all the time and having a, my daughter's like 19 months old now. And like, I don't really watch as much TV as I used to. Like it's not on during the day because you know we know that for children like having screen time before the age of 2 is really bad for their development and so we're trying to limit that so that way you know we can give her the best option or the best ability she can to grow up and develop like she's supposed to and so we just don't watch as a lot of tv as much as we used to and you know i don't really feel as uh and I, I don't know i don't feel withdrawals i guess
3: well it kind of depends on the kind of technology because we kind of rely on technology in our cars To get us places and stuff like that where if we didn't have that you know those um things it would make life very difficult in our the way we live now Mm -hmm. you know
0: yeah i think if someone asked me that question i think i'm with eric on the fact that i could go a day without technology depending on the type of day it is Mm -hmm. if it's a type of day where i have to go to work and have a big meeting which I don't have meetings at work anyway. I don't know why I'm saying that. But, <laughs> but you know, hypothetically, if any of you out there had to have meetings. I'll meet with you, Stephen. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, if I had, to, I had to make it to work and I had a big meeting and I needed the internet and the internet's down, then what? You know, we rely on things so much that you might not say you're addicted to technology, but you have to have it to function. So mm-hmm. you might not call it addicted, but you really are. There's not really a unless somebody has a better term for that that mm-hmm. i mean maybe maybe you're not addicted maybe reliant upon or maybe you know
3: i think in today's age i think we're all like completely relying on technology and stuff mm-hmm. whether we kind of notice it or not we use our phones for all kinds of stuff to find information to um, find addresses, but then we use our cars to drive there.
1: Yeah. I don't think the business, um, aspect is a fair, a fair example because I mean, a lot of our businesses and, you know, commerce and stuff is digitalized now. So I've like, we, you have to use it. There's no other alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to Sean's point, you know, we put our, we, we look up stuff like addresses and GPS. Like, what did we do before we had GPS on our phones? We, you know, we use road maps. Did, does anybody actually drive anywhere now? I'll, I'll ask you guys here. Does anybody like here? If you go to a new location, you GPS it 100% every time. Yeah, oh,
0: I, I GPS going everywhere I go just because I like to see where the cops are at. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there you go. So you're using technology. Correct. When you're driving all the time.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Even if I know exactly where I'm going, you're still using the GPS. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I think also this all this increase in technology does, and it goes back to I don't remember which one of you two said it, but the idea of like we getting oh Eric, you said it, we're getting lazier. And I think that's also leading to a lack of creativity. Lack of a lack not not, maybe not creativity, but a lack of actually putting effort in to think about something before you just Google it, right? So we have more accurate information now than we ever did. Right. So we can we can get online and see all this accurate information, but we don't actually think about it. Like if you need to know a math problem, what do you do? Photomath. Right. Some some sort of internet, some sort of technology you're looking up to figure out the answer to get an accurate answer. My my only concern with that not my only concern, but one of my major concerns about that is what happens when the technology becomes politically or otherwise motivated right to where it's in trying to influence you in a certain direction rather than just give you the information that you need i mean we all know google and we all know that google has their agendas right they have their political biases no matter what you say they do i don't really care you can disagree and email me about it <laughs> okay and i'm not saying google's a bad company i'm not saying anything that they shouldn't be providing those services but what happens when everyone's reliant on the same t- information and that information is being incorrectly shared, and it's being falsely shared as truth.
2: I think that um, one of the bad things about you know Google and YouTube and um, other social media sites as well is they kind of we're kind of in this cancel culture stage, and they kind of if you want to look up a certain YouTube video, say. I can't think of somebody specific, someone who is maybe more um, conservative. If you type in exactly, you can be very specific on what you want and you're not going to come up with the results. And then you can type in something generic and you're going to come up with all kinds of other stuff. And so I think that YouTube can control the way that you, when you search something, they have the ability to control all of your search histories and everything like that. And so uh, it's very. Like, like, you know, we have to be careful what we, what we believe is true, right? I mean, if we're only getting our, our, in, our news or our uh, information from one source via YouTube, right? Because a lot of people go to YouTube for their main source of news.
1: Facebook. Facebook. Instagram. TikTok. Instagram. Whatever
2: it may be, we just have to make sure that what we're reading and what we're seeing is the truth and... Know that there could be a lot more information out there that is being censored.
1: Isn't that what happened during the elections of 2020? Like there was so much censoring going on with like Facebook and Twitter and all hey, that kind of stuff. And, we don't want to get canceled, you better. Shh. Oh yeah, I'll stop talking about that. Yeah,
3: no, go uh, ahead. Tell yeah.
1: <laughs> but I mean, that comes canceled. with digital digital information literacy. Like, no, please don't. You have to know to like if we're going to use technology, like we have to use it and use it correctly. And we have to be smart enough to be able to evaluate the sources to make sure that, hey, does that make sense? Let's cross reference that with another source. You know, is, is it saying the same thing or am I getting mixed messages?
2: And I think that, that one of the reasons of what Eric brought up that we have to use technology correctly is really, really scary because teenagers are getting a hold of technology and they're going out and just believing whatever they read and then going out and forming movements on those things that they read when, when in reality it was just a bunch of garbage you know it's so easy to fool the masses whenever the masses are all in one place all at one time via social media when you can when you can gather everybody up all at one point and then you can put out your your agenda or your message Man, the masses are gonna follow, and it—that's really, really scary, especially in the younger generation, like, like twenties in twenties to fifteen to twenty-ish.
0: Yeah, and another thing about all this is that I think it really, it really decreases our attention span and our ability to just like concentrate on a single topic or like a single like it's hard to have a sit down conversation and listen to somebody for more than 10 seconds without wondering what's next in my day like wh- by looking at your phone right you see your phone you goes off and you want to look down and see what's going like you can't just sit and have a conversation because your phone's going off with 25 alerts every single minute for every single app you have on there right and so um i was actually i can't remember the the article name i i i mean the uh, source name i should have wrote it down but according to a survey that i found it said that 52% of uh Smartphone owners were reported to have checked their phones at least three times an hour, and that younger people were reporting to have checked their phones six or more times an hour. Um, and 22% said that they looked at it every few minutes. How can you have a meaningful conversation with somebody if every two minutes you're looking down at your phone to see what's going on? To me, when I'm having a conversation with somebody, and especially if someone that I don't know well, maybe, um, you know, if we're really good friends or something like that, and I know the person, it's different. But if, you know, it's kind of an informal conversation about whatever with somebody that I don't know, and that person is sitting there checking their phone, not really looking at me or engaging with me, whether or not they're listening to me or not, I'm already disengaged. I, to me, it doesn't matter what I say. They aren't hearing me. I could tell them anything I want. In my opinion, they, it doesn't matter.
3: Well, I, I just think that... Um all that distraction and stuff with the phone also leads us to having more like surface level relationships with people. Mm -hmm. Um, topics are just, you know, surface level stuff. You don't focus long enough on the other person or on the conversation to really go in depth. A lot of times, I think that's happening more and more.
2: Yeah. I was listening to, um, I cannot think of the name of the podcast earlier today actually and it was a guy talking about how um he went to this event and it had a whole bunch of famous people there and he said all the people who were there that were famous due to the internet like TikTok or Instagram, Facebook whatever it may be they're in their you know the new thing is they're being influencers he said those people were the weirdest people because they didn't know how to interact because they weren't behind a computer screen. He's like he's like there was just something off about them because they didn't know how to have a face-to-face conversation because they're so used to sitting behind a computer screen and t- screen and talking to their audience. That's where they're most comfortable. And I think that with our kids these days, I mean, how early are we starting kids on iPads and and not only you know, not only are we letting, you know, I've seen it so many times where little kids are like having iPads. And I'm not saying that having little kids having iPads is a bad thing because I think that they can learn on those devices. But I think that when if they get addicted to them that, that young, whenever they get into school, it's going to get any, even worse because a lot of schooling is even going online. You know what I mean? iPads and no face-to-face interaction anymore. And when we lose that, we lose our ability to communicate
1: effectively.
0: And we lose our snow days.
1: And we lose
2: our snow days. Because even on
0: snow days, you have to go to school online now. (laughs) Gosh, guys remember Paces? (laughs) That's what
1: we had. Physical books that we wrote in. We didn't have technology. If we did have computers. We were doing like type master, or read master or something, but
0: actually I think we just used them to play Monopoly.
1: Uh, that too. Um, <laughs> uh, but Stephen, I was, as you were talking about, um, the survey where 52% of people, you know, talked to, said that they opened up their phone like three times per hour or something like that. I just pulled up my phone's, um, uh, digital being app and looked at it today <laughs> and I'll, I'll read my stats. Today, I've had 66 unlocks, which means I've opened my phone, like unlocked it 66 times. Um, Facebook, I've opened 27 times. I opened up my healthcare app 12 times. I opened up my email seven times, and then the internet five times. So, yeah, I don't have that great of stats.
0: Uh, It's not good.
1: And then if I look at like screen time, it's like how much time I spent. It's like almost two hours, an hour and 53 minutes.
0: So, so total screen time? Total screen time today. That's, Just today. I mean, that's while that sounds really not great, I bet you that's better than oh, 100%. a lot of people out there. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, actually, this survey too, or this study that I was reading, it talks about, this is from 2006, I think, is when they were talking about, uh, when they were initially reported this. But they were saying in 2006 that the average person's um, attention span for in a conversation would be about 12 seconds. Mm. And then since then, I don't know when this was re-recorded or re-the new data came out, but they said it was 10 years later, so I'm assuming around 2016, that uh, it said that the average person at that time would have been down to 8 seconds. So decreased 50% from 12 to 8, which I thought 12 was extremely low, but I'm like, whatever, 12 to 8, okay? Mm. To put that in reference, uh, according to a survey that I found online, a study that i found online also um the average goldfish has a attention span of nine seconds which is now beating um, which is now beating people yeah right so and you know why because they don't have technology mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well just wait we're gonna start putting technology in fish brains so that we can talk to them
2: that'd be interesting like hey how can you how can you hold your attention so long? I want the extra second <laughs> what's your secret
1: <laughs> uh, I mean that's so true like i I find myself too just even struggling to have conversations with with people, just you know just like your table chat conversations of you know I don't know what people talk about these days because I just don't know how to talk to some people sometimes.
2: And I think, I I know it might be um, changing the direction, just a just a touch here, but think about people who go to church, right? You have to sit through a whole service, and if you go to church those like mine, we don't have great technology. I mean, we have the screen, the projector, and we have... The words and sometimes they're there correctly, and most of the times they're not there correctly. Is it an overhead projector?
1: <laughs> yeah. Is it? It, it? It's it's it's. Well, like you know, we have the transparent paper. Oh so no, 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 no no no
2: no 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 no. You guys remember this?
1: Oh yeah, those are great.
2: No, so what I'm saying is, is you know. We, what Stephen was saying is is the, the attention span is, what, eight seconds? Mm-hmm. How do we expect to go through, sit through a whole entire church service, and what if the projector wasn't even on? We had nothing to look at. Mm-hmm. And all we had to listen to was the pastor and the word of God. Mm-hmm. How do we expect our children to have
3: the attention span
2: to do that when they're brought up on this technology?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, even worse than that is how do we have the attention span to have quiet time with God mm. and sit alone with him and just listen for him? If we don't have a attention span that can last even eight seconds. Yeah. I mean, how, When was the last time you guys just kind of sat there
1: quiet without saying anything or without anything on or like your phone in your hand?
0: Basically my quiet time is the shower outside of that. I don't get any <laughs> quiet time. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair.
2: Uh, my quiet times when I drive, I, I used to, man, I used to absolutely hate silence, um, especially while I was driving, and the older I get, the more I'm just kind of, I use that time to think and pray and that kind of stuff.
0: It was actually funny, you were talking about the uh, technology in the church, and I was sitting there thinking, last week we were doing church, and I, I just, I mean, she's done it a few weeks in a row now, and I just realized it, but Megan sits there and takes notes on her iPad. And I'm sitting there thinking, maybe that's how, you know, maybe that's how you could stay engaged better. Mm-hmm. You have, you, you utilize the technology to, for its purpose, like, you know, you're utilizing it's, mm-hmm. it, that technology, just having it in your hands and the screen automatically gains, gains your attention no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And then if your attention is focused on something positive right off the bat for taking her notes on, you know, to me, I could, I could take notes all day on an iPad easier than I could on pen and paper. Like it would be, to me, it's boring taking them on pen and paper, but suddenly if I'm doing it on an iPad, it's not that bad, right? I don't know what the deal is, but it's just, that's one of those things. Like you just have this addiction to have some kind of electronic device in your hands at all times.
1: Yeah. There's a ton of studies out there that will show that taking notes or writing things down increases your memory of that thing like tenfold Mm -hmm. and and so that's a good way that's what i do when i go to church is i i always note i i take notes of the sermon and that kind of helps me stay engaged and kind of track with what's going on now i use pen and paper because i like to be old school sometimes um but it helps me stay engaged rather than sit there and just like listen like i'm a such a people watcher like if i ever go to a cardinals game or blues game or something i don't watch the game i just people watch I'm just like looking around the stands going, oh, what's going on? Oh, mm-hmm. look at that guy. Oh, I'm, I am paid for tickets. I should pay attention. Okay, where are we? Third inning. Okay. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, there goes the ball. Oh, okay. And then I'm just like off again.
3: Yeah.
0: So
1: it helps me stay engaged by doing that. So that's a good point. That's a good thing.
3: That's like completely opposite for me though because the times I've tried to take notes and stuff, I feel like I miss so much of the message and stuff. So, And I have really... Um, an easy time focusing on the message if I'm just like sitting there watching I don't know it's completely opposite for me yeah it doesn't work for everybody but yeah sure yeah
0: yeah. And I, just another thing about we're talking about the church and technology I think it I think technology even when it's intended for good purposes and can be used for those purposes it can still have a negative effect um, and I'm thinking of online streaming for churches right people can now online stream right oh great hey, guess what? We don't really feel like getting up and going to church today. It's a, I think the original intent was for people to, you know, hey, if you're sick, if you can't be here this week, you can still listen in and you can still get the message. Now people use it as an excuse to not go to church. And then when COVID happened and all these churches shut down and everybody was sitting at home for four or five, how many weeks it was in a row where the churches were shut down and everything was online anyway, then people got into this habit of why do I need to go to church when I can just log in on my phone. We can sit at home. The kids can run around, do whatever they want. I get my, your church time and yeah, we're good. Right. Even if you make the kids sit there with you again, they don't have the attention span. They're not, they don't, they're, they're, you know, kids, they're not sitting there memorizing the message by watching it online. Right. And there's just this lack of accountability. Now you don't go to church and not that there should be an accountability to go to church. I don't think that that's what I'm trying to say here. It's just that. You know, nobody knows if you logged in or not. Nobody knows if you're at church. And like I said, it doesn't really matter what other people think. But there is like this kind of perception of you don't want to miss because you don't want people saying, how come you weren't at church today or whatever? No, you don't have to worry about it. You just log in. Oh, yeah, I watched it online. Right. And it just enables laziness.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, we kind of do that sometimes. But I mean, it's nice to have that that virtual option, you know, like if your kid's sick or like you said, you're feeling sick, but it's really, it's really easy to fall into the, I'm kind of tired today. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna watch it online. I'm good. Mm -hmm. But that totally defeats the purpose of church. Like the purpose of church is not to go and get a message. The purpose of church is to come together as a community of believers. I wrote this down a long time ago. I don't know where I got it from, uh, but it says in this age of digital communication, when people are able to connect virtually with more people across the globe than we ever imagined possible, people are also experiencing unprecedented degree of isolation. A strong spirit led community at work or at church can be a source of strength, accountability, and wisdom. So we need community as believers. We were meant to do it in community, right? Big C church, you know, as some people call it is not a building. It's, the people right churches in the building it's the people and so we were always meant to be in community with other believers
0: yeah and so everything we've said about technology all the pros all the cons all the opinions we've had what's the point why are we even talking about this right i have a i have two main reasons that i think that we're talking about this tonight um and you guys might have more throw them in if you want um, but these are the two that i came up with i came up with the first, the first reason is, I think, and the end goal, technology is just the worldly conditioning of the mind, or it can be, all right? It makes us become less individual. Everybody has a unique personality, everybody, and when we're, when we're just kind of following whatever the trend is online, oh, this person did that, I'm going to do that, oh, I'm, you know, now we're all doing the same thing, why? Like I said, I think I said in a different episode, something about Taylor Swift, right? Through technology. She's able to do whatever she wants. And then everybody, oh yeah, it's the creative. And everybody does the same thing because we're just following the, techno- the technological, the, trend. the trends that are set mm-hmm. through technology, right? Romans twelve two it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. If we don't stand firm in our faith, we can easily be taken captive and become a slave to sin and death. Um, Instead of serving the God who conquered those things, right? We can't just let the world and whatever the technology is saying dictate the way we live our life. I'm not saying that we don't utilize that technology, but we cannot let it influence the what we believe, the way we, our principles, our values. And if we just go with the trends, that's what will happen because technology is very much influenced by sin. It's just the way it is and that sin is going to trickle down in through all parts of technology, and, I mean, it's up to you how, you how you use it, but we have to not let the world condition our minds. We have to let God condition our minds.
3: Man, preach it. <laughs>
1: Mic drop. Uh,
2: I was just thinking, you know, um, in one aspect, that's why I feel like I can... Um respect the the way that the Amish and the Mennonites are because they are so devoted to what they believe that they won't even they won't have any technology and now like i don't I'm not going to go that far to where you know i'm not going to have lights or all that stuff but but they believe in their cause so much that they're just like yeah that's not happening we don't need any of it, mm-hmm. and I don't know that that's where we need to be in our lives. I mean, I think that we just need to utilize it in a way that glorifies God, but I'm just saying in some aspects I can respect their decision to do that.
1: Yeah, technology again, it's not bad, but I think kind of what we're talking about is setting healthy boundaries with the technology and how we use it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, this is a little bit off farther than I thought we would get tonight, but you know, in a, I guess it's Revelation. I actually don't know where it talks about it, but you know, it's talking about the end times and how I believe that technology is going to be utilized in end times through the mark of the beast, right? And just and that's just my opinion. I, you know, I can't really say that the Bible necessarily says that, but it's kind of inferred through, um, you know, it says it's going to be a, a mark on your hand or your forehead. I think that's going to be some kind of technological. I, I don't think they're going to go around marking your hand with permanent marker right (laughs) you know what i mean there's going to be something digital or Mm -hmm. some kind of technological i mean think about it they're going to have to mark how many many billions of people Mm -hmm. it's not going to be very efficient to do it one at a time and try to track all that right Mm -hmm. and you know whatever so i think all i'm saying about that is that if we become conditioned to just do whatever they say and oh this technology is good for you just use it this thing you know and then all of a sudden this new technology and oh you all you have to do is get this mark and you can go buy your food no big deal right you can go into the store and buy and i'm not trying to scare anybody and i'm not trying to make more of a deal than it is but i'm just saying that's what i meant by conditioning of your mind it becomes a mindset of hey you know it's just new technology it's not really anything like technology has been you know and eventually it's going to get to that point where the technology might be pure evil definitely possible i wouldn't i wouldn't discount it
2: i think that satan's smart right he knows how we work and how what drives our societies and i think that he's going to use every technological advance in this world to his advantage i don't think that he's just going to sit back and let that low-hanging fruit just sit there he's he's trying to grab every piece of low-hanging fruit out there technology is uh so low that he can just (laughs) could take it i mean it's from there for him
1: yeah one good example of that is social media like what, what was the what's the original premise of social media when it came out like facebook myspace myspace does anybody have myspace anymore
3: <laughs> to <laughs> unite people together yeah, yeah. And, and people that you don't get to talk to all the time to be able mm-hmm. to communicate and what how's it turned out to divide us and separate
1: us right. and isolate us, which is totally ironic, right? Because the word social is in there, but it's totally isolating. Everybody. Yeah.
0: I mean, people that have thousands of friends on Facebook friends and Friday night and they have nobody they can talk to.
1: But you have a thousand friends on Facebook.
0: Right. But n- I mean, that's what, that's my point. They're not really mm-hmm. your friends. Exactly. I have my friends. I'm like, I don't even know who you are. Yeah. So much less th- this is a I good- accepted good. your friend request.
1: Yeah. So this is just a good example of what Steve or Graham was talking about of low-hanging fruit satan being able to take something and then twisting it for his purposes like social media originally was hey let's stay connected with people across long distances and now satan's kind of taken and twisted it to now everybody's isolated and then easier for the picking for
2: yeah we we had a guest speaker at church on sunday and one of his his main topics was how we can be around other people Twenty four seven, we could have, um, we can even have a long lasting partnership with your with your spouse, and yet you can still be so lonely that you you just want to give up. And his message was is Emmanuel, God with us. So even whenever if you feel lonely, you have a million friends on Facebook, whatever it may be and you still, like Stephen said, you should, Friday night you have nobody to talk to because they're not really your friends on Facebook, um, just hold on to the fact that if you're a believer, Emmanuel, which means God is with us, God is with us present, past, future, he's always with us. And so we can rely and hold back to the word of God that he's with us. The,
0: uh, the second point, so my first point in uh, why, the, why any of this matters is because of the conditioning of our minds. The second point is because I think that with this increase in technology, we have a greater responsibility to influence more people than, our previous, than previous generations. I think that we have a responsibility to u- I don't think it's, I don't think it's just okay to just not accept some technology because we don't like it or whatever. I think it's our responsibility to take that technology and utilize it in a way that we can influence people for the kingdom of God. And by just saying, oh, I'm not a tech person, or I'm not, whatever, I think, and then you may not be, but I'm telling you that as a whole, our generation has one of the greatest, I think they have the greatest responsibility of any generation so far. Because we, are, we, are, we can reach out to people in ways that the previous generations could not. We can influence them in ways that previous generations could not. There's, there's just no way, other way around that.
2: Yeah, and and in previous generations, <clears throat> the Bible when the Bible speaks of, and in the end days, the gospel will be spread to all the whole world. Well, in previous generations, what did we have to do? We had to send physical missionaries to all these places. And I'm not saying that sending missionaries is a bad thing because I know we still do that, and um, some of the remote countries still need these missionaries. But with the way technology is advancing. How much faster and how many more people can we reach with the gospel through technology where we don't have to actually send the physical missionaries there?
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's probably more effective to send physical people because they're able to actually interact with those people groups. But, I mean, I do do understand what you're saying. I just think that it it is probably not going to be as effective. You might be more efficient at reaching more people, but
3: that message might not hit home as well as someone who actually standing in front of them, talking to them. Well, well technology is, is, has allowed us to get to more places too, is mm-hmm. you know reach. Um, even with missionaries has allowed them to get to places we could never go before. Right. Too. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. So again, a lot of good pros with technology. So Sean, you kind of alluded to this, um, a little bit ago, but one of the dangers of technology is, kind of distracting us from our quiet times. So, you know, we don't really have quiet times anymore, or at least we find it harder to do that because there's so much going on or we feel like we're so busy all the time. And so with the technology, you know, it's hard to make that quiet time. And so I think one of the dangers of it is it can help fill in the gaps when we're, you know, bored or when we have time to actually have that quiet time with God to pray and to read the Bible. We kind of fill that with technology, whether that be social media or something like that. And so I think one thing we can do is being careful with, you know, how we use the technology time wise and actually continue to carve out that time to have quiet time, which is, I think, become more difficult with the increasing technology and pervasiveness that it is today.
3: Yeah, I mean, so one thing I was thinking about is where the Bible app on your phone is a great device to use to look up scriptures from here from time to time. I think it's important that we still um if we're going to be reading scripture, we do it in the Bible itself because that would help eliminate some of the distractions. If you're on your phone, and a notification pops up while you're reading the scripture. It's very hard not to, oh, pull it up, and then next thing you know, you're on Facebook and <laughs> some, you know, mm-hmm. and you're just distracted for like ten minutes, and you have to go back. But if you set your phone aside and read the Word of God and in the Bible, it's just, it just eliminates some of that distraction.
0: Yeah, or at the very least, you could download or or screen, you know, have the have the a non web based version of the Bible mm-hmm. pulled up and then put your phone in airplane mode, right? Yeah. It cuts everything else out until you're done.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I love the Bible app, like all the, the plans and all that kind of stuff and being able to compare scriptures across different translations. Like, that's awesome. It's helped me a lot with understanding different verses, that, you know, if one translation says it one way, I'm like, okay, how does, uh, you know, like the good old King James version, how does it say it? And so that can help me decipher interpretation or uh, translation.
3: Yeah, it can definitely be good, but um, if you find yourself having difficulty with attention, um, that's when you really need to just set it aside and mm-hmm. find a different way.
1: Yeah, and that comes with self awareness. Like you just have to be aware of you know you know what's going to be your distractor.
2: I I really do see the advantages of having you know like the Bible app and stuff, but if either you guys or any of our listeners, if you don't have an actual Bible get one, and make highlight in it, make notes. And I know that to Ashley, it's something special that she has is um, a Bible from, uh, I believe it's her grandpa. And so whenever I pass away or whatever it may be, whatever happens to me, I want my children to have my Bible and to read my notes and to know what I thought about the word of God and the specific passages that were important to me. I think it's a really good legacy to leave on to your children is to have an actual physical copy
1: of the Bible. Yeah. And if any of our listeners out there, if you need a copy of the Bible, send us an email. We'll send you one. Yep. Email us at nmtc.podcast at and we'll send you a Bible if you want one.
0: Well, this kind of concludes our series of uh, the unashamed series for the no matter the Cost podcast. We've had a really good time doing these eight episodes together. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to us, and I hope you guys have been able to take something away from this. We are looking forward. We are, we're going to be doing another series. I, we haven't worked out all the details yet, but we will have another series coming up soon. If you want to send us ideas for that series, nmtc.podcast at com. shoot us over an email, or if you just want to be uh, on you know, a regular email list, I can send you guys out You know, any, any information that might come up that you guys might need to know. Or like Eric was saying, if you're really if you need a Bible, let us know. That is something that we will definitely be happy to provide to you. So, and thank you guys for listening to us and uh, taking the time to hear God's will in your life. We'll see you in the next series.